Hey, I'm Daniel Colburn. I'm Caleb Porzio. Uh, welcome to 20% Time, where two co-workers discuss one programming topic per week for an average of 41.6 minutes. Um, Caleb Porzio. D. Cole. I'm good, buddy. We didn't do one last week. No. But I was... Was I out? I don't know. I might have been out. You might have been out. We might have both been out. Who knows? It's possible. Anyway. Yeah, I actually did take off early. Yeah. I took a little I think half that's day how there. Like half day. Half day. <sighs> do you have a lot of half days in school when you were when you were a boy? Not enough. Ugh. Some. I always appreciated them. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yep. You, you always make like a plan. Day. You know, you just like you finish school, you grab lunch, and then like you go over to your homie's house and like build like uh, race car tracks or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you're orange into. Yeah. track things that you like push together, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they turn white at the creases where you bend them. That's correct. You know. Uh huh. Yep. Hook them up to the t- back of a chair and mm-hmm. let them loose. <laughs> that's your soundboard or sound bite yeah. board sound board bite yeah uh, uh so i have a list of uh 11 things that we could talk about wow but coming in hot <laughs> but what do you what, what should we talk about there's a lot to talk about i think we should okay i don't necessarily want to talk about uh novapackages.com the website okay but i do kind of want to talk about some of the packages that people have made mm. and then put on novapackages.com have you plugged nova packages this has been like like daniel built nova packages right and, like you well, built this thing. not not totally alone uh right. matt matt did a ton uh and jake bathman did a ton as well and then a few other people had some prs in there cool but, but matt you, and jake you, I wrote a lot of the front end of it and a lot of the back end of it. <laughs> I wrote a lot of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but, but this has been your thing for a while, right? Like I've been on it been for quite some time. Yeah. Your thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I haven't really heard much from you as far as, I mean, uh, the front end's in view, right? The front end's in view. And it's basically exactly a Caleb Porzio app. Sweet. There's very little, very little, if any, Ajax. Nice. Um, it's you know it's just uh it's a it's an app you know it's got an index page it's got uh Mm. show pages it's got you know lots of resourceful things uh i got to use tailwind for the first time ever um like for realsies Mm -hmm. and i we can talk about that uh and the whole like what do you do about like tailwind. how Gunk. how you organize tailwind it's like really hard to know like oh yeah. man look i have a div that has like 21 classes on it like <laughs> what, what do i do about that <laughs> you know yeah that's that is an unsolved problem mm-hmm. i don't know if we've talked about on that on here but we've talked about that you know together um that's, yeah that's like we're using tailwind uh-huh. so everything we're doing is like light years beyond what at least for me I don't know. I love Tailwind. I'm not going back. Yeah. 
but there is this big glaring problem right and, it, it, and it's it's not it's not necessarily a problem per se you know but whatever it things are just super disorganized you have this giant giant class list in your sas files or whatever you can break you can do the add apply put them all on separate lines and sort alphabetically but then right. you run into do you run into any problems with that like any uh i don't think so yeah the problem is i mean at a certain point it's like a i want my classes in my markup so that i can move them around and like have all of the convenience of having the classes be in the markup which is the whole yep. promise of tailwind right well, yeah for sure yeah and then b i want them to be like organized in some way mm-hmm. right and so you can say like okay well like structure first then like margin and padding and then like colors and you know like there's yeah you can make rules about like the order that things should be in or just say alpha everything which is kind of your way of doing it because that's how chrome does it by default mm-hmm. um but even then it's like the lists are long um and it's just kind of hard to like at a quick scan notice like okay like here's where I am in this giant markup document. Um, and like, here's where like, it's just hard to see what's going on, you know? Yeah. And so I'm starting to now think about like, are there ways that I could like make, like, for example, in, uh, I don't know, this is, these are just things I've thought about, but it's like, are there ways that I could like make more html attributes that would then be like compiled down to just one class attribute oh that'd be fun you know what i'm saying uh-huh. so you could have yeah. like a like a structure attribute and a colors attribute and a oh that's cool yeah so i'm thinking about like how do i organize this because it just obviously like it's fine but it, it just it's not clean in my brain right yeah. and it, yep. it it requires more like looking for my code than i am accustomed to yeah i i think the the answer is someone make a linter that scans html and blade and dot view and whatever and does a smart sorting of the classes inside of it um Mm. and it knows tailwind so it knows like well it doesn't even need to know tailwind well it might need to know tailwind for some of the like sometimes it matters the order you know that Mm -hmm. you put stuff in um that just does it automatically i don't see any other way out i think that that's a pretty interesting idea that like custom attributes that transpiles to a class name or something yeah i don't that, know how I would that's do fun it, but that's just yeah. a fun idea i don't know you know but yeah. but i think that would fix the problem right if we just had something that on save normalized at all yeah right yeah yeah so we need that it's, it seems simple enough fix i i think i was telling you i um, it frustrates me that everything else in my app is linted except for my blade files and my H- yep. just HTML and blade in general. Um, all the HTML inside my view components is linted. Like if there's, uh, an empty tag, it'll set it, to, it'll automatically make it auto closing. It, I set it to only have like two attributes on one line and then it'll break them down into separate lines. It'll alphabetize the attributes on different. Anyway. Um, so I just set out to find, I just like Googled like HTML linters and I don't remember exactly what happened. So if anybody's listening is like, Oh, you ha- I have the perfect thing, how to lint your blade in HTML, please tweet at us. Cause I couldn't find it. Yeah. It's hard. It's not, it's not like, Oh yeah. Just, you know, prettier ES lint or PCS. So PCS prettier seems like it would, someone would have extended it because prettier can lint JSX. Mm-hmm. And if you can lint JSX, you can lint HTML, but 
I feel like someone will have extended prettier. Someone has extended prettier for PHP. Oh, interesting. Did you know about that? No. That's so. Uh, t- t- walk me through prettier. It's awesome. Tell me it's, about prettier. It's opinionated code formatting. So it's like. So first, what it? So I I was like I, I like the name prettier, and mm-hmm. it's got enough rep in the community that I'm like, oh, I'll use prettier mm-hmm. for my linting needs. I went into it a tiny bit, and I ended up just using ESLint with mm-hmm. like airbnb rules and a couple mm-hmm. other things um mm-hmm. because i didn't i don't know if i got stuck on not knowing how to do it so what is prettier is it like a plugin for something is it its own uh, you know prettier is yeah so prettier is kind of its own thing that has plugins for many other things um so you can incorporate like prettier has a vs code plugin prettier has a sublime plugin etc do you think that's how the majority of people use prettier is just like an editor plugin that yes. handles the stuff so they wouldn't have it like you could fire it on the command line and run it in ci you could run stuff. it in ci if you wanted to but okay. i think most people are just doing it in the browser or in their editor gotcha okay um, that, i think that's what i came across is like i wanted it to fail a build and you I can think, do that okay um or you can have it just format a build too, oh. right? Uh, like you could you could style CI prettier or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, mostly what it is just reformats your code on save. So it's it's very much like your uh, what is it? Uh, PHP CS fixer extensions. Yeah. Um, that just like format your code on save. Uh huh. Um, it's like that, but there's no PSR two. There's uh, sort of a custom set of rules. Um, and the main central rule of prettier, which is from which all other rules are derived is maximum line length. Hmm. Um, and so basically the default is unbelievable. It's 80 characters, which is way too short. Hmm. Uh, they suggest not going over 120. I'm not sure why, but 120 still fits on one line of a GitHub PR. Mm Mm-hmm. You know how like th- sometimes your diff will like break lines and it's really hard to read. Yep. So 120 is still within the point where like it doesn't do that. Oh, nice. Um, which is cool. But yeah, so you start with line length, and then everything else is based on that. So it's like it makes intelligent decisions about like when to kick something to a new line, and like if it has to kick something to a new line, it knows like say you have like a function, and then inside of that function is like object dot another method mm-hmm. with uh argument you know mm-hmm. it'll make the conscious decision okay do we put the new line after the object name or before the object name or before the arguments or you know it's like mm-hmm. it makes smart decisions about like sort of where to okay where to put new lines in situations where you need new lines so its basic premise is put as much code on one line as possible until you hit the maximum line length and then this is the order of things that we want to kick down to a new line. Cool. It's like a priority thing. And that's basically it. It's just indenting and new lines. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So you, how you use Prettier is just a VS Code plugin? Uh-huh. And that's the extent of it? Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, and for a while, me and Jake uh, had competing Prettier configs. Um and we didn't realize it. And then Matt was like in a in a pull request review was like, you and Jake need to get your prettier stuff on mm-hmm. the same page because you keep changing each other's things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that. And so now me and Jake, when we commit code, don't step on each other. 
Nice. Yeah. So Nova packages. Yeah, there's a bunch of packages in here, man. Uh, there's a bunch that I think are really interesting. Um, for example, uh, there is the. Let me find. Uh, oh, Sarah Bynes card was very cool. Uh, the route view. The route thing, yeah, I saw that. That's smart because it's like how many times do you just go to your route file or do like route list in Artisan? Because mm-hmm. you just want to see all your routes. And this gives you search so you can just like filter them. Yeah. Which is super nice. Just very smart, very cool. I yeah. like it a lot. Nice. Um, I wonder in my brain i wonder if we ever get to the point where we can like actually like do things with resource or or with uh groups whether we could make this collapsible inside of groups but Uh that is uh is another problem for another day um other cool things that are down here uh spassi's nova tail tool is very nice obviously Uh yeah it's just it's just tail (laughs) yep um nova backup tool is very cool like what's it's a uh, gui for generating backups okay what what kind of back, like database backups or uh-huh. yeah okay and you can do it from you know from different disks and you can do database backups files backups like their their example here shows s3 that's pretty great um, yeah nice because especially if you made something for a client and you're like hey i want you to be able to download backups of your website yep you know like here you go yeah definitely um did you see that chris chris fadow tweet about mysql dump something i don't know it was like like he's been a little more active these days Mm -hmm. um because he's he's doing stuff he's got something coming out i forget what the course is but some like database management course i don't know server stuff and yeah this tweet um i don't even know what i'm saying but this tweet was like this super in-depth like how MySQL dump locks the database for maybe writes or something. That seems crazy, but I don't know. All these crazy things that you can add to the MySQL dump command to make it like responsible. Whoa. So I cool. don't know. Yeah. That's a nugget. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Any others of no- noteworthy? Uh, rating field is cool. Is that just a rating field? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is... You know, you're getting sort of a lot of the same types of things, but like yep. just people adding fields and stuff like this. Yeah. I think we need to add tags to the individual cards. I'm just realizing this. You see this? Because like you can filter. Are you looking at the site? No. You'll um, have to explain it to me because our listeners aren't looking at the site. Sure. So the website, uh, there's a bunch of cards on the index page and uh, the... On the left rail, like you can filter by different tags, um, and that can be like package types or just like random other tags that people have added. Um, and you can't see on the actual cards any of those tags. You have to click okay. into the card. Yeah. And you can still filter them by those. Like I could say, just show me the fields, just show yeah. me the tools. But uh, but they don't display on the index page. They don't display on the index page. Yeah. You have to call in that change yeah yeah oh yeah matt made a uh, google analytics integration for nova which is cool so you can yeah. show your analytics stuff in your dashboard have you watched any of his uh live streaming uh i poked my head in there briefly the other night how'd it go but, uh 
it was cool. Seemed like he was having a good time. Seemed like people were engaged, popping nice. in there. Jake Bathman in the chat, I saw. Yeah. I was like, ah, okay. Jake's, Jake's got this. I don't need to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. I always, I loved streaming when I was streaming. I haven't really streamed in a while. Yeah. And uh, I love when people are streaming. I'm always just like, I want to poke my head in, just say, hey. I'm like, good yep. luck, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's cool. Nice. Uh, all right, let's hit your list of 11 things. What do you got? What do you got on your, on all your right. plate today, Caleb? List thing number one, Twitter noise. It's super on. noisy at, <laughs> on Twitter this week. I have no mm-hmm. opinion on it, um, but it's just I'm just noting that. I just wrote it down because I wonder what you thought. But Do you like, all week it's retweets? Been... No, but I have been using realtwitter.com, which is essentially that. Huh. Um, have you seen realtwitter.com? Uh-uh. Type it in. You'll have fun. to describe it to me because our listeners right. aren't Right, okay, don't type site. it in. So you go to realtwitter.com, and it's just a redirect to twitter.com with a bunch of like filters added. And oh. it shows you your timeline in pure chronological order, so there's no in case you missed it or anything like that. And it's just replies and tweets. So there's no retweets, there's no anything. So it's pretty awesome because it Sounds gives promising. you. Yeah, it's great. I've been using it and I I really like it. It's I think it's super handy for. I I'm pretty. I'm not an advanced Twitter user. I use the straight up client on the phone and the web, and I do no blocking or muting or anything. <laughs> like it's just vanilla Twitter for me, and that's why my follower count or follow count is pretty low because i'd have to keep it low because i don't like mute or block anybody or whatever right um yeah so anyway it's it's kind of nice because it's just been insane and i can't follow anything and it's i don't know all the between the nova stuff and mostly the nova stuff um the insiders drama the insiders drama laravel elites (laughs) all that stuff dude that was the funniest website that's sam sam is is very good at just like poking poking her her finger into a little piece of drama and saying ha ha and then running away and never dealing with any consequences for it yeah i wish i could do that i wish i could be like just aloof enough to, to kind of like poke into something that could potentially be drama and then just have it not turn into drama for me yeah but i don't know how to do it sam is an expert at it nice just like hey i made this very funny website you're all laravel elites congratulations yeah that's hilarious it was very funny. That was really fun. I think uh, I saw in the that. Slack, like, she's like, I thought, I think it'd be really funny if we just denied everyone or something like that. Oh right. And then, and then I remember using it and I'm using it and I'm actually like, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen, uh-huh. but it's, it's really funny that like, I really wanted to be a Laravel elite. So I had this mm-hmm. internal battle. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I so want to like be optimistic in my answers but i forced uh-huh. myself to like mm-hmm. to answer accurately and honestly just in case mm-hmm. that it was an actual algorithm and it's gonna you know i don't know I, that, that's really i'm interested to hear what what other people like their thought process when they filled it out then i filled it out and i passed and i was like i think at first i was like "Ooh, am i a little elite mm-hmm. and then everybody passes <laughs> which is even funnier which is the best <laughs> because so like it's like a little psychological game it's like hi i'm samantha guys i own your brain i make it do what i want <laughs> yep it's it was very funny yeah super funny uh all right but yeah twitter noise what about it it's yeah just i don't know noisy. it's just been so noisy on twitter that like um i don't know you can't do that's, anything that's all yeah i don't know i just put it down as a bullet point Forget would you it. say that there's like an 80 20 rule of like noisy people um how would you convert that to 80 20 
like 20% of the people 20% are of the people are 80% of the noise. Of the noise. <laughs> it's possible. Um, I've thought about that. I, I wish I did a better job at analyzing, yeah, exactly who is the source of certain things about Twitter that make me feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just either unfollowing those people or, you, you know, like if you, if you follow one, uh, like really political person in one direction or something like that mm-hmm. or re- anything, but I, I'm mm-hmm. using politics cause that's the common one. Um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your Twitter timeline changes, which warps your view of the world. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Like mm-hmm. you'll think something's a big deal. If two people actively retweet all about one specific thing, you know, like, that's why you got to mute retweets. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Cannot. There is a warp thing going on that when the retweet cloud, kind of hits and you just have like a small handful of people that think a certain way mm-hmm. um it really spreads so yeah it's rough um the so twitter gives the twitter api gives you two very interesting pieces of information one is the date that an account joined twitter okay and the other is the number of tweets on that account and with those two you can generate an average number of tweets per day for any account yeah yep um and uh, there is a tool that I was using at some point to like manage who I was following on Twitter and stuff. Because basically, I was a very optimistic follower. So I would basically, like, if anyone interacted with any of my mm-hmm. tweets, I would follow them. Mm-hmm. If anyone said anything like it was a good tweet, like, I would never like someone's tweet if I wasn't following, you know? Wow. I just followed, like, huh. optimistically. Yeah. And then I would do these, like, every couple of weeks, I would just call Clean out, the, out the garbage. Yeah. Right? Not that people are garbage, you know, but but accounts can be garbage. Uh-huh. Uh, and so the um, there was this tool I was using, and I forget what it was called, um, but it basically you can filter things based on metrics right mm-hmm. and so one of the things i would do is like show me everyone who i am following but who's not following me in order of the number of uh tweets that they have yep right and i was like this will like or number of tweets per day that they have and it was like really easy for me to find the people who like were like hashtag warriors promoting their viral marketing courses and stuff, you know, like it <laughs> yeah. was, it was pretty easy to find them just based on that metric. Cool. I don't know. That's all I have, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's ways to get there, but I don't know how it is. What I really miss. So Twitter just killed their, uh, third party APIs. Um, so all the good Twitter clients have taken a yeah. massive hit in right. the last few weeks, which is a real shame because Twitterific, um, was awesome because they had this feature called muffles um which would let you not hide i like not completely hide but just collapse Hmm. tweets that matched a certain pattern Mm -hmm. um and so that could be contains a certain url Mm -hmm. um which i did it for bitly because i was like most of the time if someone's posting a bitly link like it's marketing Hmm. like that was just like and uh and then all of the short urls for like automated automated twitter posters mm-hmm. uh like uh buffer and like all of those other kind of like automated social media tools yep um i just blocked all those short urls and then i blocked certain topics right and then i would block you know and you if you really like i probably had like 30 muffles 
And so it was like, even if like you're an account that I want to follow, I won't see your tweets about certain things. And then I would usually know if something was going on in one of those topics because I would see like six or seven tweets in a row all muffled. Yep. And so I could just tap one and expand it and see what it was. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, I think you told me about that at one point. Muffles. It's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a good app before it was killed by Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, sticker contest. Oh, we haven't awesome. talked about the sticker contest at we all. We haven't. Uh, when is the due date for it? When's it over? Can people still enter? You can still enter. I don't think I'm going to shut down entering at all. So okay. Monday, I'm going to release the voting section. And then Friday will be the winner. The winner will nice. be announced. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. So it's happening. Uh, I didn't see your laptop up there, Decal. That, that's correct. Um, I am working on something. Okay. Nice. So I'm re-laptopping. <laughs> All right. You have time. Um, I do. Listeners, you too have time. LaravelStickerContest.com. Dot um, com. Yeah, that's super fun. We could talk about a lot of things with that. Um, I might just do a little screencast at some point. I started doing one and then I scrapped it i was gonna screencast the whole building process of it um mm-hmm. but that takes wow that takes a long time i started it and was like yeah this isn't gonna work Mm-mm. um so i'm not doing that but uh i don't know it's def- i mean when you build anything when you start when you from i idea design programming uh, everything you know there's and it's such a small project that there's uh i don't know i feel like there's a lot of um distilled points in it you know so so yeah so that that was a good time we're up to like 170 i think submissions which is pretty good awesome i I thought in my head like 150 is what uh would be nice um of course there's the fear before you hit deploy that like oh there'll be 10 and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be me you jacob bennett Jake the, the excitable Laravel people. Yeah, right. The people who are always down for like a fun Laravel. Yeah, gag. totally. That's funny. I've never Sam Podlegar. heard you. About, yeah, yeah. I'm. Mm. I. I am the eager Laravel. Uh, I'm. You know. I'm eager too, man. Yeah. I'm here for it. Me too. I am here for Sign it. Sign me up. Put me in. Yeah, put me in, coach. I'm ready yeah. to play. There's been some funny ones. There was. Uh, there's a laptop oh, so with. Somebody just took scotch tape and taped on a Laravel elephant to their laptop with no stickers on it. I saw that. I thought that was funny. That was very Frakes funny. Frakes is definitely the best and is definitely going to win. Have what you was Frakes? Frakes? I didn't <laughs> notice it. It's uh, his daughter scribbled on his laptop with a oh, purple right, marker. Right, right. That's funny. And the marker's left on the laptop still, but it looks like the laptop. I, I kind of looked like the laptop was face like normal, like the lid uh-huh. was up. So it looked like I'm just picturing this like toddler gooey hand. That mm-hmm. like stuck the marker to the left. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So there's some good ones. I, I, the whole thing is just for Andy Swick to submit her laptop. That's pretty much why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was fun. And it's fun to build something for yourself, you know, because you yeah. can spend as much time as you possibly, well, as, as much time as you want on the thing. Here's a question. Yeah. So you, um, You've been like in Greenfield world a little longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nova packages was my first kind of Greenfield thing in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to be back in Greenfield world. Mm-hmm. The paralysis, the analysis paralysis, and the paralysis of options mm-hmm. is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like 
when you're working on like an old code base that's got so many like constraints that it's like unbelievable it's yep. so much easier to get things done to me huh like it's just like oh yeah like i do the thing based on the thing you know yeah. it's like there's something where it's like i know the constraints of this it's like it's not like i just yeah. joined this code base and it's unknown to me yeah i know all of the constraints of this massive code base um and because of that it's like if someone mentions a feature that could be implemented i know where it would go i know how i would implement it I, you know i know everything else yeah whereas in like a brand new app yeah someone's like all right there's going to be authors and they're going to be linked to people's github accounts yeah i'm like oh boy like what about organizations what do we do about <laughs> like you know blah 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 okay packages accounts are not the same as github accounts you can't necessarily get the github username from packages mm -hmm. it depends you know blah 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 so there's two AFI and like it's impossible like yeah. there's too many options Although now, now that we've been on this project for a couple weeks, like we've built ourselves some constraints, and now I feel way more comfortable banging out yeah. a feature because, like, I just I know what the direction we're going in. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think there's a lot of truth there. I think um, I don't know. I agree in a lot of ways. the The thing that gives me pause the last the green the startup that I'm working on right now when it first started out, I was going at lightning pace, like just cranking out massive amounts of code and features. And that's, you know, natural for a greenfield like that. But, but I totally understand what you're saying. And I feel that for sure. Um, Yagni is one antidote, you know, I mean, that that's like a requirement, you know, to like, uh, in the early phases, you can paint all these pictures of things that could happen. But just starting, mm -hmm. you know, super simple writing, easy to delete code, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's that, yeah, that's something that helps curb that for me. And then what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah. Uh, so with, with this little project, I felt that like when I'm interested to know how much designing shares in common with programming, um, I think there's a lot of overlap, but there's some things that like just don't apply to both that I like, I really should think about the overlap, but, um, when starting out a design, it's the same thing. If you have a blank canvas, like, you know, all you have is options and it's very hard and discouraging and, you know, slows you down. Same, same thing with, with what you're talking about. I think there's a big parallel there for sure. So for me, when I was doing Laravel sticker contest, I told myself, no, I start with words, like word driven development. Like I'm going to do nothing but write the copy and get the copy that I want for this entire marketing page. Like find, like spend just as much time as I think I should like designing it, like getting the copy finished, you know? Right. And I did that and it helped a ton. And then, uh, and then I didn't program until I had the design finished, which was really hard for me. That was yeah. super tough for me. It was tough it for me really the nice. whole time to not just go straight to code. I wanted to it's go so straight pretty. to code. Thank you. Thank uh -huh. you, D. Cole. Uh, your, your little like line of stickers at the edge of the hero. Yeah. It's the best. It's nice. so good. That was <laughs> the first nice. thing I did. Yeah, as well, soon as it's I clearly up fake it's clearly lock. like the main visual element of the website. Yeah, yep. I was like, well, there's got to be stickers on this site. I didn't even know what to do. I was like, oh, there's <laughs> going to be stickers on this site, so I might as well start making stickers because I'm going to have to do it. So yeah. I didn't design anything yet. I just started, you know, out making those outlines. Those took for freaking ever. Those took a long time. Yeah. So, all right, I have. In addition to my laptop that I'm I'm working on restickering yep. for your for your thing, um, 
I have re-stickered or I have stickered my bike pretty oh, aggressively yeah. with nice. Laravel stickers and yeah. programming world stickers. So I might just submit my Someone bike to the Laravel bike. sticker. All right, cool. I yeah. might just submit my bike. Yeah, follow suit. Yeah, when people started submitting it, there's like I knew there'd be a couple blank laptops. Mm-hmm. I knew there'd be some like gag stuff. Ninja Parade. Uh, yes, do you see his submission? No. I think it's just. A, I think he like stuck a camera right up close to the front of his screen with like a dark screen and took a picture. Uh-huh. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's perfect. Like I'm like, what would Yaz do? You can't do something that's too obviously like a joke. It has to be uh-huh. so obscure uh-huh. that you look at it and you're like, what? You What's know, going like, on? What's it ha- going? it's perfect. Yaz um, is excellent, dude. He he really he's that's really some great a Twitter. Yeah, for real. And little Yaz Vert is like what is that? there's levels there's levels to I that. I figure there is. I okay. So little little Uzi Vert is a rapper, okay. A little mumble rapper, and then Uaz is the name of a Jeep in uh, Player Unknown Battleground PUBG, okay. Which is like a video game kind of Hunger Gamesy, like constricting circle, hundred people, yeah, trying okay. to be the last one alive. Mm-hmm. And the Uaz is like uh, this um, Jeep that you can drive in that game, and it's like a death trap, and it like flips over if you run over a tiny little rock and everyone hates it okay <laughs> um and his name is yaz so i guess you as yaz right. was funny and when i see it i'm like dude that's like that's very, you know i'm very aspirational with my twitter names i'm always making jokes mm-hmm. and uh, i just see that and i respect it you know nice. see oh, the name respect the name good to know levels no i figured there were levels there i didn't know him mm. but because i you know i just just figured that he he had that going on he had levels yeah so, so there was these other submissions, and when I was thinking of this, I'm like, you know, are there going to be rules? Am I going to not add certain people? But I probably shouldn't say this before we finish the contest, but I, I'm, yeah, I guess so. There's no rules. Like, everything that gets entered so far, unless there's any, like, explicit something. So far, everything no just gets... No uh, buts. No buts. <laughs> uh, everything just gets added. Like, so, and I'm just going to leave it like that. There's weird awesome. stuff, and it's just going to be in there. And there's no rules. And uh, if they win, I'll give them stickers. Whatever. Dude, I'm going to use your contest to market my Laravel stickers course. I'm making a course about Laravel stickers. And I'm going to use your hashtag to inject ads for my Laravel stickers course. Nice. What do you think about that? I'm in. You're in? All right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff there. And we could talk about that. But um, I'll probably just record a screencast and spew out the stuff but sweet yep Yep. so submit your sticker for show Um, for show um number three all right well uh new vs code features oh right breadcrumbs yeah yeah that's fun what else was in there there was something else in there column highlighting you seen that so if you open up your terminal and this was a little hidden one. It wasn't in the oh, highlights. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. If you open up your terminal in VS Code and you... And I don't know if you can do this in other terminals. Maybe it's just a common terminal thing. If you like highlight a word and then drag down a line, it will highlight the rest of that line and then the next line up until your cursor, right? Like you're Just like normal highlighting anywhere. What if you hold Alt and then click and drag? It drags like you're dragging like the screenshot tool. So it's called column highlighting where like if you get like the routes output or some table output from a terminal, Mm -hmm. you can hold alt 
and then click just to highlight certain columns and rows, you know? So, so sick. So that was cool. Very uh, sick. Remote Hub. Have you seen that? It's an extension called Remote Hub. It was buried in there. Um, what it does is I made it into a little alias called code-github. So, you know, if you type code, then you can type a directory and it'll open VS Code with that project. Yes. Right. So, I made code-github. So, I can type code-github space and then any GitHub repository. So, like titanco slash Lambo, hit enter and it'll pull up the a VS Code editor with that GitHub repository as the project root. Whoa. But it didn't download it to my computer. Well, it may have like in a cache or something. Where does it store it? I don't know. You put in your your GitHub API token. You make an API token for it. You put it in, and then you get a little command, and bam. So so that's fun. Weird. That's awesome. Isn't that like a Um, weird, fun thing? And I'm like, I don't know if I'll use this. And then I Do you see the quick fix thing for problems? Yeah, tell me what uh, that was. I didn't take the time to crack it. Uh, So basically, and I don't really understand the API for it for extensions, you know, Mm -hmm. but... Basically, the example they give is like a TSLint, which is like a TypeScript linter. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, you can right-click on any problem, and uh, a problem can offer you solutions. And so you can right-click on the problem, and it shows you a bunch of possible solutions. So huh. uh, they show in this linter like missing a semicolon, and the options are like fix missing semicolon, disable semicolon rule, like oh, blah, blah, blah. interesting. So I can see that being really, really cool. I just haven't figured out how I would want to see that used. That TSLint push, or the uh, TypeScript push, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you think that that's a thing? I mean, it's a thing, but do you think, like, it's going to be the thing that we'll all be writing TypeScript? I don't know. I should probably write something in it just so I know what's happening. I know. I read it enough. Like, like developing, uh, like, VS Code extension development is annoying because Mm -hmm. everything's in TypeScript. So you have to, you know, at least learn how to read the syntax a little bit. Um, but I haven't, you're, you're still allowed to write it in raw JavaScript, but it's really Do tough. you understand TypeScript? Like, can you give me a pitch for what it is? Oh, I, I, really I mean, really. Is it just typed JavaScript? Yeah. To my knowledge, I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that. But in general, yeah, like when you're reading it, it's just types everywhere. Yep. Huh. Um, yep. So typed JavaScript typescript where else did i see it it's like uh the, in the view world it seems to be gaining traction like uh, in the we better learn it and stuff like that so it might be the kind of thing that yeah i think we're gonna have to learn it you know so uh-huh. i don't know but that'll be interesting i'm not closed uh closed off to it i'm open nice um uh what's the other feature of this breadcrumbs column highlighting remote hub thing that might be all the interesting stuff okay um so I spent an entire day making an app work in Internet Explorer 11. Dude. Yep. Congratulations. Really interesting task. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I've never done that before. Like Did I've done browser compatibility. Shims? Yeah. Shims. Bunch of shims. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, ya, shimmy, yay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, if you just listened to what just happened, you did something weird. I awkwardly said, yeah, but they didn't see me dancing with you. Yeah, we were both dancing. Um, Maybe I'll cut a, a, like, you know, 10 seconds of uh, ODB song into the middle of this episode. We'll see. That could be fun. 
See how it goes. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yam, shimmy, yeah. So, browser stack, have you used? Uh, yes, I have used. So, browser stack is dope. Uh huh. Yeah, I've never used it. I've had people sign up for it. I've seen a lot about it, and so you know, browser stack can be the driver for your desk tests. I do. Yeah, um, that's what I was selling hard at uh, the football client or right. So we client. implemented it at the football client. Yeah, um, it's really cool because you can have it email you a video of your tests failing in CI. That's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah, right. It's, you could have it's parallel insane. tests and have your desk suite run on Internet Explorer eleven and Chrome, whatever. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh-huh. and then when it fails, you can get screenshots and stack traces and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah from the cloud yeah that's so awesome uh yeah it's great um it's totally great if you haven't seen browser stack or whatever to the listener you just you know pay whatever i think it's kind of pricey actually but it's yeah it's not cheap the low the low tier is not bad it's like 30 bucks for the uh, dusk stuff i think is 100 bucks a month starting but the low tier you just you pick an operating system you pick a browser and then your browser window turns into that browser you know so it's insane i don't know it's how sweet it works and the dev tools like you can i can pop in and it works locally i was like for this to be useful and i know i've heard that this is possible but then i'm like all right how how hard is it to get browser stack to be able to type you know client dot test into the browser window and get that that client's uh, you know local site up and it's as easy as one two three you just install a chrome extension and bam it's like done so you can just type local stuff and have your npm run watch um pretty sweet and then you can drop it's a wild world it's you know wild, the wild javascript world. debugger line like you can just type yes. debugger and then run it and then it'll do a breakpoint and you can step debug uh-huh, in the uh-huh. browser it works in browser stack internet explorer so Whoa. i just pop debugger in hit save go open internet explorer 11 on like uh windows 8 and then it and then i can actually analyze the one of the gotchas, because um, I'm sure everybody's going to run across this, the SVG tag, mm-hmm. it is valid in Internet Explorer 11. But mm-hmm. if you get the node, like if you get the element uh, object in JavaScript, you can't enter HTML. It returns undefined. Super Whoa. obscure, weird, weird stuff that I was just hunting mm. down all day. Also, another gotcha, if you have slot, so you know slot, like scoped slots in view? Yes. If you have one of those in your blade, so if uh-huh. you define, you know, with this like paradigm that I'm always repping, um, if you if you do that in your blade, and you use slot scope equals and then the array destruct or the object destructuring, to to then mm-hmm. you know instead of doing slot props and yeah, whatever, like the ellipsis thing, not the ellipsis thing. So if you oh oh I know what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So you'd uh-huh. say like slot hyphen scope equals quote, and then open curly brace whatever prop you're passing in close curly brace so you don't have to do right, slot right. props dot that thing uh-huh um it will break internet explorer because that doesn't get es6 compiled it doesn't get Babel compiled with laravel mix because it's not part of the dot view file you know oh yeah i i forget that when you're like writing javascript in your blade you're you're just out there nobody's just writing, transpiling writing that for you you know so it's that's one of rough, those things that stuff. I, I was like, man, yeah, that makes sense that that's a gotcha. But that's, uh, yeah, if your browser doesn't support array or object destructuring, you can't do it. How crazy is Babel? Babel's crazy. Yeah. Like, how crazy is it that, like, we 
someone somewhere knows every way that every browser is crazy. Yep. And then we just get to write like simple JavaScript and then they just fix it all. Yeah. Basically. It's crazy. There's still limit like Babel polyfill. You have to pull that in to like really be on top of it. But yeah, no, it is ridiculous. I mean, the ridiculous thing is the nature of writing JavaScript. Like when you write PHP, it has to work on one computer, the mm-hmm. server, you know, mm-hmm. when you write Java, I was explaining that to, um, to Hannah yesterday, you know, I was like, I don't know, telling her about my day and I'm like, you know, like she, like you wouldn't get it if you didn't know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, so you don't, you wouldn't think this, but the thing that runs the program, you don't have control over. Like there's a hundred of yeah, them yeah. by different companies and you know, so mm-hmm. it makes it this moving target with all these fancy tools. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sarah Bine and Centoria both have JavaScript disabled by default in their browser. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay. I think Sarah Bine does. <laughs> I know Centoria does because I was pairing with Centoria and she went to like a JSON formatter website, which is like one of the most common things I do in my life um, is go to a website to format yeah. some JSON. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, There's a VS Code plugin that does it pretty easily. You know, VS Code might do it by default, actually. Well, DuckDuckGo, which is my search engine, uh-huh. uh, by default in my browser, if you type JSON into it, it brings up a, f- a text field. Oh, and wow. you can just drop JSON into it, oh, and then it will format sweet. it. It's dope. Nice. Anyway, Centuria went to like a website to format JSON, and then she clicked the button and nothing happened. And she was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, Sarah Bind made me all paranoid and then she went and enabled javascript for that website wow i was like wow how do you live that's ridiculous i know but it seems to be going fine for everyone huh we, we should really get sarah Vine to uh justify hang on i'm gonna slack sarah move on to your next topic <laughs> yeah you know I'll, I'll, yeah i'll just uh talk at uh mm-hmm. talk at the wall here um Shoot, Cole, you got to be engaged. I'm going to lose okay, it. Okay, Sarabine, I have uBlock, which blocks a lot of third-party stuff. Okay, cool. We didn't want to slander you. Okay. On podcast. Clarified. So she has uBlock, which blocks a lot of third-party stuff. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, listener, go check it out. Um. Very funny uh, thing that's been happening. So I've been saying uh, I object to the form of the question a lot in my day-to-day life. Okay. Um, Here's why. I have a hard time sleeping. Recently, I've had like a harder time sleeping than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just been like a struggle bus over here when it comes to sleeping. Mm -hmm. One of the tools I have employed to make sleeping easier is I am listening. I found a YouTube channel that has depositions like in civil lawsuits and it's just people asking the most inane, boring questions to each other. So, for example, last night when I was going to sleep, I just listened to depositions in a lawsuit between two RV dealers. Um, and it's just, you know, they're asking a guy like, you know, on, on June 22nd of 2008, uh, were you engaged in the business of the licensing, sale, insurance, financing of uh, recreational vehicles? It's like, I object to the form of the question. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so it's just like, just, it's just lawyers trying to, to like. induce sleep? 
it's so boring. I'm telling you right now, it's insanely boring. Um, and it's and it's just the same for like an hour. Like they don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like a conversation that goes nowhere because like for an hour they're just trying to ask one question and mm-hmm. no one's letting them do it. Um, Jack McDade but, has that uh, sleep-inducing podcast, right? Anything ever come of that? There is a there is a podcast called Sleep with Me that I've listened to as well, which is really cool. <laughs> Have you heard guy, of that though, Jack's? podcast uh-uh. meant for uh-uh. meant to put you to sleep no yeah, you should check it out but go on sleep with me is really interesting because the guy does a he does a voice when he records it and he repeats words hmm. like he doesn't stutter but he repeats words when he's talking just to make it weird <laughs> and it is weird the way he, 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 the way he talks, he'll just, you know, he'll be talking, he'll be saying, you know, we're going to go to sleep, and sleep is an activity that, you know, the brain partakes in when, and he'll just go off on tangents that never resolve. And like, I heard an interview with him. He's from Wisconsin, too. He's not, he's doing a voice. Um, But I heard an interview with him, and he was like, yeah, the whole point is to never resolve anything. You know, he's just like, go off on tangents and then take that tangent into another tangent, you Mm. know, and then he just never gets back to the point, never, you know, never does anything. And uh, he repeats words. He like starts playing with words. If he says a word weird, he'll just start talking about that word, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like it's this pointless audio that just like kind of is in your ears. And uh, I do the same thing with uh with legal depositions there you go they're just insanely boring i'll send you a link to this rv guy it's great sounds good Mm. full name or full underscore name full underscore name so i realize this position is completely indefensible (laughs) full name no underscore have you Mm -hmm. followed well it's also indefensible for someone named adam wathen with no underscore to be telling you that it has to be full name with an underscore adam wathen with no underscore what do you mean is he his twitter name doesn't have an underscore yeah um that's funny yeah so jake bennett just telegrams me full name or full underscore name and i instantly just reply full name and then Mm -hmm. uh because it felt good at the time you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's what i do Mm-hmm. I've did some searching and I turns out that's not what I do. Um, so I just said it. And then he sends me this message of him tweeting it out. I'm like, Oh crap. Like, like enter the ring here. You're done. I'm like, You're done. It's over. And it totally was over. Um, so I guess, I guess I wanted to see if we could validate any of my points in favor. Get of an MRI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Underscore get underscore and underscore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, so basically my process was I picked full name without the underscore because it felt good. It looked good to me. And then I just said that. And then it was open to the ring. And then it started getting attacked. And rightly so. Like, full underscore Savaged. name. Savaged. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I think full underscore name is, if in terms of rightness, that it would be there. Um, well, it depends on the context. We've already talked about how uh, underscores are best. Snake case is good in lots of cases where it's in quotes. Okay. We did this on an episode. Right. I, I defended Snake Case as snake like anytime it's in quotes. quotes. I, I think that is a kebab case. Snake Case is not in quotes for me. We've done this before, but we differ on a couple of the rules. Yeah. Anytime like it's an associative array and it's a key. Snake Case. It, snake Case. 
Yeah, I don't know. I still don't, I don't I don't know. I don't have my own answers. Okay, so go on. That's it. Full name though, like without an underscore. What about it? That's wrong. Why is that wrong? Because I mean, it's wrong. It's wrong because in every obviously way. full name obviously full name is going to be a key in an associative array. I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think more often it's going to be data that's passed into okay. your view component. Half that, half just straight up user arrow full name. Depending on how you are, but either way, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's the question, right? Is like, what context are we using this in? You know, non-snaked case. Right. Okay. I'm not saying full name without a without snake case being an argument for making every two word thing no snake right just full last name is two separate words yes so is first name Uh uh-huh so is full name but full name it's not for some reason and the reason that that i'm bringing this up is because i'm wondering if you can affirm in any way if it's possible my like for full name you mean grammatically no am i allowed to just look at that and go i like that yeah, no, I'm I've done it before. It. I've non, I've removed capitalization and hyphenate, hyphenation and underscoreization from words before. Um, for example, username, right? Username's mm-hmm. two words. Yeah, that, I mean, user it, and name, right? But it's become but it, one. Name. It, right, it's become one name. Yeah, yeah. And so, someone uh, so at some let's point, let's say every word took, is on a scale from definitely two words to always one word. Uh-huh. I would say full name is a little farther along than a bunch of other than last name, you know. Do you agree? No, you don't agree. Is no. it? It's the same spot as last name. Full is a modifier on name, exactly as last is a modifier on name. Right, and username users not is user a modifier on name the same way last name's a modifier on name. No. Okay. Um, there must be another example. So you're saying that because the first word is a modifier, it will always be two words. Yeah. Well, first, full, and last all describe which part of the name we're accessing. Yeah. They okay. all serve the same purpose. Right. Right? And therefore they're all as much a part of the word as each other. Yeah. They're all they're all like the same variable in the function. For some reason, full seems just different to me. Imagine a part of name function, yeah. Right, part of name, and there would be a variable called part, mm-hmm. and you would either put full first or last. In nah, that. you would put first or last, and then you'd have another method called name. <laughs> Get out of here! It's <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. Uh, uh, but willful, wh- willful. The, who somebody uh jordan Pittman, i think replied to that and was like uh guys it's just name <laughs> which i thought was phenomenal because he's right that like is, that is good just make a name that's pretty good first name last name 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 you know yeah, um that's so good. so i i'm down with full name i'm down like i get mm-hmm. it and if we're asking the question of what's more right and what someone should do, it's probably full underscore name. I think I just wanted to to tell you. Yeah, just make a make an argument for it. You know, I wanted to just give it the shake. See if here's we a can... question about uh, UX. Right? There's so many places where we make users enter data in a way that's easy for us to parse. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Like, for example, like having an address one and address two fields. Yeah. You know, or having like making someone enter first name and last name in yep. separate fields, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and we do it for our own convenience as programmers. Yep. Your comment, your volume's like going shaky because you're moving. I'm sorry to move around so much. Um, so my question is as follows. What would it look like to build an app where you focused on allowing users to enter data in the most natural way possible? Hmm. And then you would have to have a whole layer of like parsing that data to make it suitable to enter into a database. Yep. Would that be a good move? You're saying just as a a val like a like a value system as part of the values of that application just make that top priority in terms yeah. of UX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So like always ask for name, not first name, last name, right? Yeah. And then when you're asking for name, like put, you know, put like greet them with their first name, you know, when they join. So mm-hmm. we need to know their first name and their last name, but we don't need to ask for them. And so then we have to do all the sort of space delineation and deciding whether this is a middle name or not. And, you yeah. know, doing all this other nonsense, but like we have to have an algorithm that parses name down to first name and last name. Yeah. Um, and then addresses, you have to do all the address validation and blah, blah, blah phone numbers what you know all of this other stuff um what do you what do you think about this idea i think it's great i mean i think it's it has ux value yeah like uh-huh. i think it people would use it and go and they would be delighted yeah do you think they would though or do you do. think it's a pain uh when give me a scenario where it might be a pain well do you think users are more comfortable if they like understand how uh, the data is going to be stored yeah, that's if, a like, good question. You give question. them like a vague field, right? You could be stressing them out a little bit. Um, I think in general, I appreciate the humanization. Is that a word of yeah. of the the more yeah of like, hey, what's your address? And like, not 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 bringing me into the schema, asking me in plain language makes the app feel more human. I guess, and I always appreciate that. Here's an example: like when I do uh, see just a name field, I'm happy. Yeah. Over the I uh I called my I called AT&T the other day. Mm-hmm. Um and I wanted to just make sure that my auto payment had gone through cuz I hadn't gotten a text about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I call their like 611 or whatever the number is to like get a hold of the AT&T auto menu. Mm-hmm. And they no longer give you options. Like oh, they used yeah. to say, like press one to do this, press two right. to do this. Now they just say, "What can I help you with?" Yep. And I hate it. Hit the zero button. Zero zero zero. Yeah, yeah. And then, but now they hang up on you. They don't even give you an operator anymore. Yeah. It's like they just hang up on you. It's rare that the zero. They works. want you. They want you to say, you know, like what you what they can help you with. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that they want that because. Like, I have a specific thing that I need help. Like, did my auto pay go through successfully? And then they're like, welcome to the billing section. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but why didn't you just like, you know, there used to be a thing that was like, view the status of my bill. Mm-hmm. You know, it was number two or number three or, yeah. so, you know, and you could just click it or boop. It, yeah. So that you know? doing it right is a win. 
doing it wrong is worse than just it's way worse way worse did you see that article on the asking for name instead of first and last name no it was shared somewhere by someone but this article on like hey programmers stop asking for first and last name just ask for the name field and it was a good point ask for the the basically the tldr use a name field and a nickname field or something are you googling it no no sarah vine wanted to know if we were planning to slander people who disable javascript i got you i just felt it was important to reassure her that i see we were only kind of doing that i'm gonna need you fully engaged for this podcast daniel i'm here i'm, I'm gonna here need for daniel it. i'm here with it asking for name instead of first name and last name hey programmer stop asking for first name and last name yep tldr uh-huh. ask for name and ask for um like nickname like what what do you want us to call you Ooh. ask for their name so that you're not uh there's also a cultural thing there because not all cultures are just first and last name you know um so you open it up for that and then you say what what do you want us to call you and i would say caleb pours you and i would put caleb and then you'd effectively have your first name last name and you know because you're not doing first name last name so that you have you, you never say like hey porzio you know you say hey first name you've defined what you want what you think is a casual way of Anyway, I thought it was great. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, that sounds great to me. I'd like to make an app where uh, we ask for first name and last name, and then we just make an executive decision to call you first name bracket zero uh, concatenate with last name bracket like four or five. So then you just end up with D. Cole and C. Pores, <laughs> and uh, then you're good. You know, And then anyone who, anyone who joins... Uh, we get funny. that. That's great. We if get, I ever uh, make an app, M M Stow. M Stow. Well, it's M Stow. It'd be Stow. So you know. Yeah, you got to end with a consonant. Yeah, that's part of the uh-huh. algorithm. Yeah, that's M-Stalf. true. It has to end with a consonant. Nice. Um, so super quick little thing. I don't know if you saw the hot tweet. Uh, the view router view X thing. Did you see that? Oh yeah, I did see that. It's um. It's kind of a game changer. Let me pull it back up. In my so opinion, I'm. Don't pull it up. Don't pull it up. Let okay, me talk you to tell you. me. Tell yep. me. You are the listener. I need I am your the eyes, listener. Nicole. I need Watch your me eyes. listen. Fire tweet. <laughs> Thank you for your eyes. <laughs> Too much eye. Um, so you know the the wizard, the startup wizard, the yes yes yeah that has been the object of our um debates in the past you're a wizard harry yeah that was really good oh thank you Um, anyway carry on so so there's a couple steps in the wizard that uh feel like multiple steps but they're just one page with one form submission but they're very complicated and there's lots of interaction and pages swipe over and through and all this transition stuff right Yep. Um, so before I was doing my own little state thing, I had a transition component wrapper called transition slide forward. And then inside of it, I had a string of VFV else's on components and then just conditions, booleans that I was managing to decide what page the user would see. Right. So I knew all along that this is like Harry, wizard Harry <laughs> and Harry wizard. You're a Harry wizard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's, uh, that's good. Um, mm. Yep. So this is like the, the hairy body from my talk. I just watched my layer. Oh, talk. yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, that part. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. So Harry Wizard. <laughs> what is that? The Harry body. The Harry Wizard body. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it, it's pretty hairy, and I would want some sort of routing system. Just, but I just wanted it for one page, and one part of the app. So I was like, maybe View Router would do this, but I don't want to, you know, get the tangles and the tentacles in the whole app. Mm. I was mm-hmm. like, I might just write my own little router, or I might pull in Path.js or some little routing package. Um, sure. So I decided to just give it a go and see, and turns out you can import View Router, so you can just no app.js, no web.php. Those files are the same, right? You yes. change one file in your whole app, your your dot view component for that page, the thing I was describing with the transition component. And in the middle, instead of that conditional thing, you just put router view. And then in your script tag, you import view router from view router. And then you set a key on your view instance called router equals or colon new view router. And then you pass in your routes. The route definitions and it works track and then it does like hash navigation it does hash navigation yeah so it just works that's pretty crazy so you can just do it at the component level just at the component level yeah sweet so i i've been doing it in multiple places that i would never think would warrant a whole router but because it's so simple it's so much cleaner to manage a small list of name routes and navigate to them and back buttons like the way i was doing back buttons was insane because I was because the page was derived from the state, like a series of booleans, my back buttons would have to inverse the state that got them there. You know, does that yeah. make sense? And it then does. if I had nested back buttons and I had to like invert back twice, I would have to store it in like a back cache. To like, oh, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Yeah, I remember building that in jQuery once. That's you. like yeah back in the day when i when it was jquery days i had like a a whole like nested back button strategy it was not fun that's it's tough like as soon as i had two pages deep i was like oh no so everything i do i had to push onto this like back stack and it was nuts so um so that's crazy cool and that's a huge game changer for me second cool thing that's super relevant to this podcast because we talked about exactly this thing and now it's possible you can do the same thing with Vuex. So you don't have to pull in the whole central store state thing for the whole app. You can just pull Vuex. You can do it at the component level. At the component level. So remember very, back... Very, good. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about... I remember. No, I remember. Yeah? I was here. It was the, I think it was the composition. <laughs> you were here? Yeah. It was the composition layer. It was a composition podcast, I think. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, wouldn't it be great... If there was, was this concept of a root component, like parent component, remember? Uh-huh. We were like, and then everything lower than it could access its state uh-huh. so that you didn't have to do any weirdness. I remember. So you didn't have to do this prop pass-through thing. Yeah. So what I did in the meantime was I just newed up a new view instance inside of my view instance and called it store and then passed it as a prop through to every component. And then that was my own little store state system. But now on the root component, if you set, um, is it? Yeah, store colon new view X, you then have a full view X store in that component and everything that's a child of that component, but not a parent. So, like the root component, if you get to the root component and do dot money sign store, it's undefined. But then if you're in that component or any child of that component, 
you get the store and you can manipulate it and call actions or mutations and all that stuff. Can you nest them? What happens if you nest them? What do you mean? What happens if you have a parent component that has a store? Yep. And then like two components down the ancestry of that component. Yeah. You has its own store. Has its own store. What happens? Good question. Does it I imagine overwrite? it would get overwritten? I hope it gets overwritten because that would be amazing. Yeah, I bet it gets overwritten. Why would that, that would be... be so cool? You're saying uh, because then see the the danger, the reason that I wanted like uh, parent component stores is that it now frees you up to use those components in different contexts. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. And basically, you're saying, like, as long as these, like, three components relative to each other don't change, yeah, you know, yeah, we can, like, plop that whole thing into any other place in our app. Ah, right? right. Yeah. Um, and so it would be bad if we had to worry about that not working if the parent component that we were going to plop it into had one of those stores. Okay. Yep. Right. But right, right. If you can just say that, like, it has its own store. the more specific store always wins, yeah. you know, if I there's like a name conflict or something, yeah, that would be really cool. I bet that's the case. I I should do that. That's just a test. For for my purposes so far, any reusable component wouldn't touch, wouldn't interact with the store. I would pass through props, like the 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 component above the reusable component. I wouldn't expect the reusable component to access the store in the component above it. I would pass through store getters or whatever as props. Um, you know, do you write, uh, this is kind of a tangent, uh, which is why our podcast is so good for going to sleep too, because we never resolve anything. Right. Um, do you, do you write, uh, view components that don't render, uh, markup? Uh, Oh, like functional components. Or, yeah, uh, like components that just uh, sort of exist to contain other components or something. Um, yeah, let me think. Like styled components in React or whatever. Yeah, or components the... that just have methods. You know, like higher order components. And, you okay, know, like... yeah. So the I did the store that I told you about before I introduced Vuex. I created mm-hmm. just a blank view instance with data and methods and computed properties to pass around as my own sort of Vuex store because it gets it's reactive. Oh, right, right. Um, as far as stuff that doesn't render anything, I do like, I don't know if we've talked, we did talk about this in the last one, right? Like um, creating like component wrappers that just pass the props from themselves through to, through to the next component with uh-huh, functional uh-huh. set to true. Yep. Um, so stuff like that. But is that what you mean? I'm trying to think if yeah, there's any I other. Just, I think it's a paradigm that I think a lot of people don't think about as an option. Yeah. And I think it's important to start thinking about it as an option if you haven't already. Because there are so many places where um, your component will get bloated if you don't think about the fact that not all of this logic needs to live in this component. Mm. And that a lot of this, like... A lot of the logic in your component that you're doing to make sure that your state is what you need it to be, yeah, um, would be better if you pass that data in as props and handled the logic outside of your component, mm. right? Yeah, and the, it's really easy if you start if you come to that realization that more things should be props and less things should be state. As soon as you come to that realization, it's easy to then say, 
oh, well, like, I'm just going to build this giant god component, which is kind of, if you look at the Nova Package's code base, there's, like, a god component. Okay. Like, there's god components, and I don't like it. Um, I really need to refactor some of that. But it's really easy to end up with these big god components because you, like, extract everything out of the small, cute little functional components that you can stick wherever. Yeah. Um, and you stick it all in this big parent page component. Okay. Um, and then you just end up with this nasty mess. So the middle ground, to me is have these like little hmm. data management components that pass things down as props to the reusable components mm-hmm. but keep you know keep the logic isolated away from the page component yeah um and i uh i don't have like a great example right now except for http requests and axios stuff right that's so cool that's the easiest one yeah um to like see the immediate value in i got one but go for it so i think i don't know if we talked about this on the show but i have a few um a few of those little utility components and i don't know if we've talked about this but i have this dream where like half of my view code is refactored into these like utility components that you that just wrap each other and the whole thing you know but so alexa build me a view app yeah yeah right (laughs) there's uh um the one that i'm think there's toggle it's a toggle component, and then there's splash splash screen, and they used uh, scoped slots. So toggle, you pat whatever you pass inside of toggle, it defaults to showing it. So it'll just show whatever you pass in as a slot. Um, it's a scoped slot, so it gives you um, it gives you a couple things. There's set to, which you can, um, or maybe there's turn on and turn off methods. Mm-hmm. There's a toggle method. And then, Which just lets you specify the default, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a prop that you can set to like to start like a starting okay. state. I forget the names I have for all these, but um, so it it basically the, the scope slot gives you turn on, turn off, toggle, and um, and as and and is on or whatever some sort of state that you can do VFs on. Um, but yeah, so it's just a super simple like component wrapper. Yeah, but that, it's something you have to use so many times. Yeah, right. So now you don't have little booleans it's that you pattern. have to name yeah. in your data that's, you know, this specific thing is on or off, you know? Like if I'm toggling on a modal, I just put the modal component inside the toggle thing. Um, and and yeah, and then I have something inside that toggle Scott's slot scope, like a link that fires the turn on thing, you know? And then model V if is on or whatever. So toggle... And then I have splash screen, which I actually use a lot, which just accepts two templates. There's the splash screen, and then there's the thing behind it. And mm-hmm. it starts out showing the first one, but it gives the slot scope like a next method or whatever, or I think it's a close method, I call it, that if something inside that splash screen calls it, it shows the next page, you know? Because I'm constantly awesome. having things that when you go to a page, there's like, uh like are you wait are you ready hold up are you ready to move forward or like preview your purchase before you're you know so i just have the splash Uh screen component that there's actually a a bunch of really interesting places i've used these so there's other yeah now that i think so other sort of it's really nice to think about it in like those uh kind of transition or state management like utility like patterns that you build a lot you can build these into these kind of components, right? And just like, so for example, HTTP, like AJAX requests are a pattern. Uh, Splash screens are a pattern. Toggling something is a pattern, Yeah. right? Um, 
what are other patterns? I'm thinking uh, loading screens are a pattern. Yeah, for sure. Right? Um, then there are, for example, patterns for like uh, advancing. Like basically like something where you have like six of something and you need them to like advance through them. And then like if they hit the end, you need to like circle back to the first one or yeah, not do that. Like for a you slider know? component or something. It could be a slider. It could be a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could be anything, right? Yeah. But something like something where it's like there's prog- progression through things in order. Um, yeah. That's like something that could be. It could in just a, be a simple component. Like, yeah. A progress like, so component. You, right. Like a progress component that you can pass in X number of uh, slots to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you'd name them having like an infinite number of them, but whatever. You pass in a bunch of slots and then you get a a slot that would be the control that mm-hmm. like if we're using the the slider example the control would be the little buttons at the bottom and then the arrows would be have a method available to them called next and previous and then each specific um dot you know you'd get like a for loop of the dots you know that's a perfect one like if you made a utility component for uh if you made a utility component for a slider component you could use it for that you could use it for wizards, uh, for like question yeah. sets. If somebody's answering a questions in a list and like a, like some a form. quiz or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And it's like, it's the type of thing where it's like the pattern is defined. Like we know, and like this is, you know, slick slider. You remember slick slider? No. Is it a jQuery uh, that slider? was, that was the big jQuery slider. And I think it's now been ported to react in view as well. Okay. Um, but it was basically just like, for sliders and you could do it in like big hero carousel sliders mm-hmm. you could do it in like little like film strip sliders or nice you know whatever and it basically just it had all the logic of like next and do you want this to loop around yep. or do you want this to bounce back or do you want to remove the next button when you hit the last one right. or you know so all of that like conditional logic was already in there yeah but it was all about rendering right like they didn't have it wasn't just about like managing state mm-hmm. it was about like it included its own divs and classes and you had to style those classes, you know? Yeah. So now I'm thinking like, man, I should just go like look at slick slider and see how their logic worked mm-hmm. and just pull all that logic into something that just has a slot. Yeah. You know? And then you could just like, doesn't, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, that's, that's super fun to think about all those patterns. That would be a good time. Yeah. To all those patterns that you could just and... abstract yeah like wouldn't that be a fun like little npm package ah what's that no i'm I'm thinking like npm pack just like a list of a bunch of components that are unopinionated patterns yeah just pattern components with they have just pattern components that don't render render at all yeah no yeah it's just like you know it'd be kind of like like lodash or something you could just like pull it in that would be sweet we should work on that that is a really good idea that would be good, like a little utility. And then people could submit their patterns. Utility and we components, like, like view patterns or view, view util <sighs> components or something. I don't know. Caleb. Dude, this would be good. This would be Why a good time. Why did we not talk more? We should talk more. We should talk more. We should we start a talk podcast. More. We talk come, oh, <laughs> We come up with things. That'd be fun, right? That would be really fun, yeah. I got two. Yeah, we've got a couple. Yeah. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. All right. We should think of more. Uh-huh. Some other time. Uh-huh. Once the brainstorm. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, <sighs> D. Cole. <sighs> ah, ah. 
My dog is aggressively sniffing at the door. Well, she stopped sniffing at the door. But I think Charlotte may have returned because the dog instantly like went from like napping to, to like <laughs> right up on the door crack. Yeah. So I'm gonna go investigate. Yeah. See whether I've been robbed or whether Charlotte has returned. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. See what's up. Yeah, man. Good stuff, Nicole. Good stuff, C pours. All right, bud. All right. Another day, another dollar. Yeah. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, ya, shimmy, ya. Did you ever li- what, or, uh, play Simpsons Road Rage? No. Like the video game? Oh, uh-uh. It's like the most quotable video game ever. Because the passengers uh-huh. in the like taxi, they just say the funniest things. And, oh, nice. Uh, and another day, another dollar is uh, you know, one of them. One of them. Oh, you said Simpsons. Simpsons Road Rage. Road Rage yeah. For some reason in my brain, I was thinking it was Sims. Oh, Road Rage. no. And I was like, I can't. I, I, they don't even. They wah 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 in the Sims. Right. No. Simpsons. But Simpsons, I can see that being fun. PS One. Yeah. I can see that being fun. Yeah, you know. All right, buddy. All right. I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you as well. Alright. Alright, shoot me that file. Shoot me that old.